0: in English 347 and welcome to week 7. We are very nearly at the midterm and as a matter of fact I'm holding midterm conferences next week. Um, hopefully you've already signed up. If you haven't, that's the first thing on your to-do list for the week. Uh, please sign up for a midterm conference. Um, I will remind you that at this conference you will be reciting um, your 25, uh, 24 lines, memorized lines by Emily Dickinson. Um, Hopefully you've uh, started, you've selected your poems and you've already started memorizing. Um, Again, I recommend that you practice um, closing your eyes, uh, reciting with your eyes closed. Um, I often find when I'm starting to memorize a poem, it helps me to write it out at first. And then I practice reciting with my eyes closed. Um, So I will be seeing you all next week. Um, for the midterm conference. Um, This week you are going to be doing two things, um, and you can do them in whichever order you like. I'm going to um, put the uh, letters first on the lesson plan, but I'm actually going to talk about them last here. Um, First thing I'd like to do is to talk about the writing assignment you have due for next week, which is the top five response, the first top five response. So if you'll go to the assignment section on Blackboard, um, you will see the guidelines for the top five responses on the two required texts, and I will read these to you and talk about them for a minute. Um, So the guidelines for each of the two required texts, this one for um, These Fever Days. Write a response of at least 750 words describing the top five things you've learned about the poets and their work from these texts include in your response quoted passages from the text as appropriate following MLA style. Um, I assume that you will be uh, quoting from the text. Um, Please as always follow MLA style when quoting. Um, Second, an explanation of how what you've learned has influenced your reading of individual poems. Be specific here and discuss the poems themselves. Um, You've been doing this all along um, throughout uh, the course in your reading responses and you guys have been doing a fantastic job um, with those reading responses. Most are very thorough and um, you're looking at both the poems and the biography and you're thinking about them together and you're making connections. Um, So you've already started to do that and I think you can certainly pull from some of your ideas um, from the responses for this particular writing assignment, and I'm trying to make this really specific. Again, five the top five. So you know, five. You could do five paragraphs. It could be a five paragraph essay, um, where you talk about the top five things you've learned. Um, specific things. You know, for example, um, Dickinson's eye condition, um, which she suffered from. That really, as you as you've learned, as you've read. Um, really had an enormous impact on her later in her life and on her writing. And we can see that very clearly. So things like that. Um, Maybe her relationship with one of her, one of the people in her circle, like Susan Dickinson, for example. Maybe you learned more about that, or maybe you learned more about her relationship with her literary mentors like uh, Thomas Higginson or uh, Samuel Bowles, for example. Um, so all of those things from the book. Um, what, how, what stands out to you? What are the top five things that stood out to you from the book that helped you understand the work, um, helped you understand Emily Dickinson as a poet? Um, number three, a discussion of the role of biography and biographical criticism in the study of these poets. In what way is knowledge of these poets' biographies critical to an understanding of their work? Um, so for those of you who came in with little to no experience reading Emily Dickinson, um, how has uh, reading her biography, this particular biography, um, helped you in your study of her work? Um, and finally, number four, your personal opinion of the text and their usefulness in the study of these poets. So I'm, 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 I'm uh, interested in this for, for my purposes, um, just to see, do you think this is an effective text um, for this course, for use in this course, uh, for the purpose of studying Emily Dickinson in-depth in a college course? Um, do you think this is a useful text? I do, actually. I'm really pleased with this one. It's the first time, obviously, I've taught it since it just came out last year. So um, I'm really pleased with how the this book aligned so well with the poems, sometimes completely coincidentally. Um, and I think I'll I'll keep that coincidence from now on. Um, so yeah, I'd like to hear what you thought. Um, finally, note that a bibliography or works cited page is not necessary. Okay, I don't. I know that you're going to be talking about this. In particular, so you don't need um, a bibliography, but um, you should follow MLA MLA format for in text citations. Okay, Um, again, this isn't a big research paper, you're not pulling from a lot of different critical sources, only one. Um, So, you don't need a bibliography in this case. Okay, I think that pretty much sums it up. If you have any questions about this particular assignment, um, please feel free to ask. Um, this will be due uh, to the assignment section. Please submit to the assignment, uh, assignment section next by next Sunday, the 21st. And okay, so then let's move on the master, uh, sorry the letters and in particular the master letters. Um, so I have on the syllabus just the letters. Um, I also want you to read her master letters. I have a selection. Of her um, letters from her selected letters, edited by Thomas Johnson. And I've just included sort of a random assortment of letters letters to Austin, letters to Sue, letters to Higginson, letters to Bowles, um, various people in her circle, just so you can get an idea of her um, epistolary style and um, the type of letter writer she was and also how um how funny how how dry her wit how funny how playful um she is in her her letters and also how how powerful and how passionate um especially in her letters to sue um take take particular notice of her letters to susan dickinson and um tell me tell me what you think um how how do you um, how do you read these? Do you read these as love letters, um, or do you read them as letters between two friends who are just like sisters, you know, joined at the hip? Um, a lot of scholars read these as um, love letters and do believe that Susan and Emily Dickinson were in a romantic relationship. Um, so something to consider as you're reading these letters. and I've also included, I think I included two of the letters, the master letters in the pdf of the selected letters. The master letters are really interesting. There are three of them and they're included in her selected letters but they kind of stand apart from her other letters in that the tone the subject matter, um, all of this is is very unique to um, these particular three letters, and the recipient is unknown. And they're called the master letters because they were addressed to a master, and they date from late eighteen, the late eighteen. I want to say eighteen fifty eight to eighteen sixty one. Um, and we've identified Dickinson's most productive year—the year she wrote most of her poems—as being 1862. Um, she wrote more, more poems in that year than in any other year. So this period um, during which the master letters were, uh, were written, from 1851 to 1861—sorry, uh, 1858 to 1861—this is right before. most productive period, um, this sort of spurt of creative energy in 1862. Um, As a matter of fact, we can even pinpoint the month that she wrote the most poems, which was around the fall September of 1862, and that was actually um, also the month of the Battle of Antietam, which was the bloodiest battle in the Civil War. Um, so interestingly, something I, I don't I don't know if there's uh, this has always been my my theory. I don't think it's proven, but I've always speculated that something, whatever was going on with Dickinson internally, sort of psychically, um, her psychic landscape was matching the national landscape, which was in the midst of um, civil war and. Um, Great, a period of great turmoil in the national life um, sort of coincides with this period of great um, productivity for Dickinson. So that's interesting. Um, Anyway, back to the master letters. The master letters were there are three of them, and um, I'm going to include for you. I actually just bought it this week. Um, Franklin uh, W. uh, Sorry, R. W. Franklin, who. as I as I told you, edited and published her fascicles. Um, He also edited and published um, the master letters and he's published uh, photocopies of the manuscript. So you can actually see the manuscripts in here and I'm going to give you a PDF of this as well. As I said, I just bought this um, this week and it's so cool because not only are the actual letters themselves, the manuscripts, uh, photocopies in this book, but they've actually got this envelope, and I'll take a picture for you, this envelope um, that says, The Master Letters of Emily Dickinson, and you open it up, and it looks like her actual letters. It's like photocopies of her actual letters, and they look like her actual letters. So you open it up, it's like, oh my God. Emily! Di- I have a letter from Emily Dickinson. Um, and it's, it's just really cool. So I'll, I'll um, take a photo of that and show you um, as part of the lesson plan. Um, so I would like to actually read for you one of the letters, the last one, the third master letter. And you can follow along with me in this pdf that I give you. And it starts on page I have to get there. It starts on page uh, 31 of the Master Letters. This was summer of 1861. Master, if you saw a bullet hit a bird and he told you he wasn't shot, you might weep at his courtesy. But would you certainly doubt his word? One drop more from the gash that stains your daisy's bosom then would you believe? Thomas's faith in anatomy was stronger than his faith in faith. God made me, sir, master. I didn't be myself. He, I, don't know how. It was done. He built the heart in me. By and by, it outgrew me. And like the little mother with the big child, i got tired holding him i heard of a thing called redemption which rested men and women you remember i asked you for it you gave me something else i forgot the redemption in the redeemed i didn't tell you for a long time but i knew you had altered me i and was tired no more so dear did this stranger become, that were it, or my breath, the alternative, I had tossed the fellow away with a smile. I am older tonight, master, but the love is the same. So are the moon and the crescent. If it had been God's will that I might breathe where you breathed and find the place myself at night, If I can never forget that I am not with you, and that sorrow and frost are nearer than I, if I wish, with a might I cannot repress, that mine were the Queen's place, the love of the Plantagenet is my only apology. To come nearer than the Presbyteries, and nearer than the new coat that the tailor made the prank of the heart at play on the heart. In holy holiday is forbidden me. You make me say it over, I fear you laugh when I do not see, but Chilon is not funny. Have you heard the heart in your breast, sir? Is it set like mine, a little to the left? Has it the misgiving, if it wake in the night, perchance itself to it itself to it, a timbrel is it, itself to it a tune. These things are reverent, holy, sir. I touch them reverently, hallowed, but persons who pray dare remark, our Father. You say I do not tell you all, Daisy confessed, and denied not. Vesuvius don't talk. Etna don't. They said a syllable, one of them, a thousand years ago, and Pompeii heard it and hid forever. She couldn't look the world in the face afterward, I suppose. Bashful Pompeii. Tell you of the want. You know what a leech is, don't you? and remember that daisy's arm is small and you have felt the horizon haven't you and did the sea sea in ever come so close as to make you dance i don't know what you can do for it thank you master but if i had the beard on my cheek like you and you had daisy's petals and you cared so for me, what would become of you? Could you forget me in fight or flight or the foreign land? Couldn't Carlo and you and I walk in the meadows an hour and nobody care but the bobolink and his a silver scruple? I used to think when I died, I could see you. So I died as fast as I could. But the corporation are going too, so eternity, heaven, won't be sequestered at all now. Say I may wait for you. Say I need go with no stranger to the, to me, untried country, fold. I waited a long time, master, but I can wait more. Wait till my hazel hair is dappled. And you carry the cane. Then I can look at my watch, and if the day is too far declined, we can take the chances of for heaven. What would you do with me if I came in white? Have you the little chest to put the alive in? I want to see you more, sir, than all I wish for in this world. And the wish altered a little will be my only one for the skies. Could you come to New England this summer? Could. Would you come to Amherst? Would you like to come, master? Would it do harm? Yet we both fear God. Would Daisy disappoint you? No, she wouldn't, sir. It were comfort forever. Just to look in your face while you looked in mine. Then I could play in the woods till dark, till you take me where sundown cannot find us, and the true keep coming till the town is full. Will you tell me if you will? I didn't think to tell you, you didn't come to me in white, nor ever told me why. No ruse, no rose, yet felt myself a bloom, no bird, yet rose, yet rode in ether. Okay, so there you go. That's all of letter three. It's so weird. I think you can see how these letters don't, um, don't sound like letters, right? They don't sound like typical letters. They sound like prose poems. Um, there are moments of, I mean, it's, it's almost like a, a, a persona poem, actually. Um, The speaker is taking this um, persona named Daisy. And Daisy, of course, Dickinson, as you know, um, was an avid gardener and kept an herbarium. And for her, the Daisy was um, sort of a significant flower in terms of the 19th century uh, language of flowers, the symbolic language of flowers. Um, a daisy is a happy flower, but it's also technically considered a weed. Um, so Dickinson knew knew that knew that, and was sort of playing on that idea um, here. And and she does it throughout her poems too, with the the word daisy. Um, so lots of speculation as to who the master is, um, whether he was a real person, whether he was. Um, speculation has been Thomas Higginson, Samuel Bowles, um, most recently Otis Lord. Um, but there are plenty of scholars who also believe that these weren't addressed to um, anyone in particular. Um, this was a kind of imaginary pen pal for Dickinson. Um, some believe that the master is actually the muse. Um, and if you go back to that essay by um, Adrian Rich, Vesuvius at Home. Remember, she talks about um, the 19th century female writer's relationship to her daemon or her um, in, her creative force, her creative power. Um, so maybe here the master is some manifestation or embodiment of that of that um, sort of internal creative force, that Vesuvian volcanic force of the poet. Um, I like that idea um, personally. I I like the idea that she wasn't writing to anyone in particular, that she had sort of personified her own, um, I don't know, alter ego maybe? Like, I don't know. There's some part of her that she sees as being male and masculine and this, um, this authority figure, and she's sublimating some or yeah, sublimating some aspect of her psyche, her personality, um, to be submissive to that 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 force within her. Um, so Daisy is the representation of that kind of submissive voice, and then the master is the representation of that creative power. Um, anyway, lots of theories. Um, I offer these to you, um, again, just as another sort of glimpse into Dickinson's head and um, how strange a place it is. Strange, strange. Um, Maybe you have some ideas, actually, after reading these master letters, maybe you have some ideas for your creative project, which I will discuss uh, next week. All right, so that's it for this week. Um, If you have any questions, as always, I'm here. Um, And have a great week. I'll talk to you. I'll actually see you. I'll see you next week during your midterm conference. All right, thanks a lot. Have a great week. Bye bye.